Good morning, Florence School of Regulation. Ilaria Conti today in Bruges at the College of Europe. Uh, we are witnessing and we are attending a very interesting conference on the complex topic of uh, energy union governance. I'm here today with Jean-Arnaud Vinois, who is a, a former director of DG Energy. Mm, Jean-Arnaud has also written a very interesting book on uh, energy governance. Uh, it was published two years ago. Jean-Arnaud, what is energy governance? Can you help us understand and trying to find some uh, uh, red uh, um, line on uh, how to define what is energy governance and what is not energy governance? Well, we are speaking essentially about the uh, governance of the energy union. So the, the concept of energy union is already a kind of revolution uh, where uh, the idea is to approach energy in a holistic way, where you, you see all the links of energy with all other aspects. And um, in the field of energy, you know, there are a lot of silos and a lot of lobbies which are just fighting for their turf and um, uh, I think that um, the, the first change which uh, the Commission has brought in the uh, energy union is to put consumer first and I think that's a very democratic process uh, which, uh, which means that um, indeed the governance of the energy union has to be seen also in this uh, perspective of uh, putting the consumer first. Uh, you will hear from the energy professionals that they don't like that at all. But at the end, as um, we see, particularly with the uh, digital revolution, that we are talking about services to people, be it mobility services or energy services. And we are not speaking anymore about kilowatt hours. Now, we have also a major ambition in the field of energy, but also in other areas, and it is affecting, for instance, transport, uh, which is the climate change. Uh, with the COP21, the idea is to really have a clear determination of actions which are uh, going against the, the, the climate change. And uh, to do that, of course, you need to know what, what you want. And the first thing is uh, to have a clear idea of how you want your energy and uh, climate policy uh, evolving. And um, so that is where there is a need, of course, to address the, the issues of the use of fossil fuels, uh, the use of uh, domestic resources like uh, renewables, and of course, the use of energy efficiency and so on. In 2007, this had been made by binding targets uh, on uh, greenhouse gas and on uh, renewables, uh, not on energy efficiency. There was never an agreement of the member states who do that. Now the member states are going backwards because they don't want a binding target on renewable, they accept something on greenhouse gas. And uh, of course that means that if the EU wants to achieve something there, it has to be sure that the member states are following. And the, gov the governance here, proposed by the Commission, requires that um, the member states are uh, elaborating plans for energy and climate with the horizon 2030 to achieve the targets which have been set at the EU level for renewables and for energy efficiency and uh, where if you want to be sure that they will be met you need to know what the member states will do. So this is a, a key question and uh, after the first Energy Council uh, last week discussing this we see that member states are very reluctant to go for these plans 
They do not like first the timeline of these plans, 2018, they see it's too short. As if uh, it was the first time they're asked to think about uh, energy and climate policies. This is, of course, very <laughs> disappointing, but it's uh, not a surprise. And in addition, of course, they don't like, for instance, to consult with the neighbors. Uh, so that's typically uh, that's something of story. solidarity <laughs> between the member states, but they don't like that at all. Mm. So speaking to neighbors is something which uh, is not an easy uh, task. So I think that's at least with the proposal of the Commission, we see where the member states are at the moment in the energy, in the energy union. We are far from the energy union. It's a pity. Uh, because the member states are not willing to work uh, together when it is obvious that the benefits of working together are, are really uh, very significant instead of having each uh, country uh, designing its policy in its corner uh, because today we are living in an inter interdependent world where interconnections are there so there are plenty of opportunities where everybody can save money and also show that uh, the European Union may do something for the citizens. Absolutely. And uh, this mm -hmm. is the, the question and uh, we'll see the debate. Uh, and uh, I know that myself, I will commit myself to, to say energy union. We need that. <laughs> we need that. And we need to stop this morosity of European citizens who are shooting in their, their feet when we have everything. We have education, we have uh, health uh, services, we have money, we have everything to, to see our future. Just go in China or in India uh, and you would ne never support to stay there one day because poverty <coughs> and the lack of governance uh, is missing. And also in US now, you see, uh, yep. go to speak to the people in US, what they say about the atmosphere. They're all stressed by because they don't know what will happen and things like that. The governance is at stake. So we need more governance at the EU level. And governance is transparency, rule of law and democratization and democratic debate. So all and, this and is essential. And as Alberto Potosnik also said this morning, and having solid basis and a consistent long-term vision. So it all goes in this direction. Yeah, absolutely. In a holistic way mm -hmm. for the benefit of the citizens. Of course, That's of course. That's the only point. That's great. So thank you very much. Let's, let's keep our fingers crossed and thank you for this uh, enthusiastic. Well, let's <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's do something. Let's act. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs>